The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. On the September 27th edition, it's already September 27th, of the PFF forecast, we've got some news from around the league. We have our three questions that we forgot to do last week. It's shocking that we forgot, but we're going to do them this week. We'll answer those on the Sunday night podcast. We've got questions from the dark web. We have our college pick of the week, and then we're going to discuss Thursday night football and all the games on Sunday. Let's rock. Uh, this has been a tough week. It's been a bit of a challenge. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, man. You've powered uh, through. Yeah, I'm looking forward to swim Thursday. Uh, other than that, yeah, it's been a it's, it's been an interesting Thursday. week uh, from the you know Tampa Bay not covering the other night to yeah just uh, you know trying to figure out these games this week, man. It's it's really tough, but there's nothing that gets you over the hump like a little swimming on Thursday. Yeah, which. Joining the YMCA has been no one cares about this. I don't know why I'm talking about it. All right, let's uh, let's talk about some news from around the league. This is something that people might actually care about. Um, so I don't know. What do you think the biggest storyline is this week? Because I think there are a couple to choose from. I mean, am I am I allowed to talk about it? I guess. I mean, I think the the league has thus far. If you look at all the over unders and. All that good stuff. The you know the league has has really you know leaned into its quarterbacks, and unfortunately we lost you know a divine one this week, and uh, Jimmy G as he tore his ACL and I think MCL as well uh, in Kansas City. Yeah, I wasn't ready to talk about this on Sunday. <laughs> obviously, um, this is tough for me, uh, and I really I think the only way me to talk about it is with little Eric Clapton. I'll give you this. <sighs> Dearest Jimmy, if I saw you in heaven, Jesus. I'm going to cry. I might start crying here. You know I'm the optimist of, the, of really, us. I was really excited about and this season. I'm just really when excited said, to see Bethard play. When I said that I was going to Atlanta and that I had like an <laughs> Airbnb ready for Atlanta, I was obviously being a little sarcastic. But I was really pumped for Patriots Niners in Atlanta, man. Two, 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 one, and two teams, by the way. All right. 
I have tried to push <laughs> my uh, feelings down. You know how I've done it? Instead of focusing on the fact that Jimmy G is out, I've decided to get really angry about Mike McGlinchey sucking <laughs> and like how he should have picked Derwin James. And I've done that for three days. And it's finally starting to set in that C.J. Beathard is playing and we're like 500-point underdogs in this game. So I'm trying to be optimistic. I think – man. I think uh, – look, here's, here's the thing. I think Jimmy was tr- going to try to do too much this season. I don't think that team was that great. I think what we saw in the first three weeks was there were these massive, massive expectations, Super Bowl aspirations for the Niners, and they just weren't ready to get there. And as much as it sucks to just literally throw a year away, I think this puts us in position for a top one, two, three pick. And ACL, look, if we know anything, it's that Jimmy has overcome much, much more brutal scars in the past, right? Somehow he's still throwing a football and he had nails drilled into his hands 2,000 years ago. So I, I think he can come back from the ACL. They have a top three pick. They have okay. Kyle Shanahan. Okay. That defense gets better. Okay. It's all about the future. But I always wonder, so like after three <laughs> days he rose again, but after three weeks he descended in how did that uh, how does that work? Yeah, he's descended into hell right now. <laughs> and uh, what he's doing is he's paying for our sins. Uh, he's so giving, he's so selfless. What he did this off season to, you know, to do whatever it took to give the 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 lowest among us and raise them up. What he's doing right now to suffer so that all of us can be forgiven, it's admirable. And it just it, – it kills me to see him suffer like this, man. Um, anyways. Do you uh, think – do you think uh, – was it Sam who gave, gave him a little crap for, for dating a porn star? Do you think – He took her on a date, man. I know. But, but is <laughs> – I mean, is, is that correlated at all with it? Does Sam get any sort of gloating to make up for his – Tom Brady, he put Tom Brady in the grave in, a, in 2014. Does he get any, like, retribution here? You mean because that, that there's certainly correlation? Well, causation? I mean. He's injured because Look at he, the scoreboard, George. He's injured because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I let's let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's do that. Anything else from this week that you think is kind of noteworthy to discuss. I think it's kind of funny that, like, Richard Matthews just freaking quit the Titans. Yeah, and that this is, like, the season for quitting, right? Yeah. Um, then maybe they listen to Freakonomics, right? The whole, like, uh, you know. Yeah, you have to just abort just, your job just before. Quit quit stuff before it becomes to too apparent. hints here? Um, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I can't do Jimmy and you in the same week. I can't do it. All right, let's, uh, let's move forward. So we've got – some questions for week four. So the idea here is that we have questions going into week four, and then what we'll try and do is say, okay, right after week four happens, what are the answers to those questions? We forgot last week. It's okay. We're just human. Um, question number one. So Kansas City and the Rams, not necessarily in that order, are certainly the two top teams <laughs> at the moment. I think the question is, after this week, is that going to remain? Will they be joined? Will they... Will one of them fall off? I guess the way that I would want to think about it is, can either of these two teams win and not be considered the two top teams after this week? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, so we were talking about Philadelphia at Tennessee earlier today, and I think that if the 
Philadelphia wins convincingly in Tennessee. If we see Alshon Jeffrey play, we see that offense become explosive. I mean, they doubled up the the Colts in terms of yards last week. They didn't cover, but um, I think if Philadelphia, they are the t- number one team in our ELO rating. Like I think if Philadelphia um, plays a you know a good game against I think what's an overrated Tennessee team, they can be in that conversation. But um, both of these teams, I think the Rams playing the Vikings tonight and the Kansas City going to Denver. Uh, to play the Broncos on Monday night. I think if they both both those teams win convincingly this week, uh, there's really nothing uh, to say, you know, in terms of like taking them off uh, of their of their perch here. Yeah, but what if one of them like if you squeak it out? So let's say the Vikings, they could show up potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I would it would it would be a new thing for them in Los Angeles. But if they if Los Angeles wins a close game, the the Vikings were a team that had an over under of what ten ten and a half wins yeah, in the yeah. season. So like. I, to me, there's no way that you're not – unless one of them loses badly. I could even say, look, if Minnesota somehow wins that game mm-hmm. or Denver somehow wins that game, I might not even pull them off the board. And I don't really know. I think Philly's a good one because Philly sort of plays a team here. But, like, New England winning convincingly, no one's going to be like, oh, all of a sudden let's put them back because I think Miami's probably not that highly viewed. Um New Orleans is playing the Giants. They should crush the Giants, right? The Chargers are playing the the Niners. Like, there's no reason to overreact to that. So, I honestly think we're sitting here on Sunday night, and it's Rams Chiefs collision course for the Kansas Super Bowl. City has won something like 17 of the last 18 AFC West games. Uh, so, you know, the Denver thing people were talking about before the season. I don't think the Denver thing is a thing for Kansas City. Do you think City. they'll be able to breathe? Um, well, will it Ty- depends upon when they traveled there. Yeah, will Tyreek Hill be able to run? Ooh, he might be able to run faster with that. With right, that. but then he'll run out of breath sooner. Or run out of football field. What will happen first? He runs out of breath or he reaches the end zone? Uh, oh, I think... It's I a th- physics problem. Yeah. This is like uh, the like two trucks The ACT problem. Like uh, <laughs> 80 <laughs> miles away. Well, here's the thing. Does Patrick Mahomes' ball tr- travel faster with the altitude? Or further, I mean. <sighs> Probably. Yeah. Is that be a good a, thing or a bad thing? He doesn't need it to he track. He doesn't need it to. Andrew Locke just needs to find a way to go play <laughs> in Denver. That's the real thing. Um, all right, second question. Should the Browns be taken seriously in the AFC with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback, or is this just an improving team with a rookie quarterback? I guess my first question would be, do people actually think that they should be taken seriously in the AFC? Are there any people out there that do? I, I would imagine that there are, right? So, like, Pittsburgh was a, considered a team that was, you know, that was struggling yeah. going into Monday night. I don't think people really think that much of Baltimore or Cincinnati, even though both of those teams have a projected win total above eight in our system. Cleveland right now at, a, at 6.11 after their 1-1-1 one, one, and one start. Um, I'm of the belief that I think Mayfield will play pretty well and will be an encouraging player, you know, for uh, the Browns, but I don't think that they're a real contender uh, necessarily in the AFC to make the playoffs or to to make you know a run, even though the AFC um, is pretty weak this year. Yeah, they're still in fourth. They're plus seven hundred right now um, to win the AFC North. Yeah, to win the AFC North, which I think is fair. Like the those teams are all pretty good. Um, they're a half game out of first right now. Right, we're three weeks in. Yeah. So here's the question, though: um, How surprising? Okay, let's let's do this. Who has the best defense in that division? Uh, I would say just off the top of my head, 
Cincinnati or Baltimore, but Cleveland's defense is pretty damn good. So Cleveland's defense, not bad. Okay. Second question here. Um, you're drafting quarterbacks. Who do you take first? From that division? I'm Baker Mayfield. For this season? No, for this season. Oh. That's the, I'm trying to think yeah, about. Like, yeah, I mean, you take Big Ben and all of his foibles. Take Big Ben. Um, his inability to enter a bathroom. Exactly. Uh, so you take Big Ben first. I, yes, you have to take Big Ben first. Will you take second? Yeah, I mean, I I would say Mayfield. Yes, you take Baker Mayfield second. Okay, so they have potentially at least not the worst defense. Certainly not the worst defense. There's no way they're worse defense than the Steelers, who are awful on defense. And then you have the second best quarterback in the division. So you're saying the team with the best quarterback has the worst defense, yeah. and the team with the second best quarterback has maybe you know at least not the worst defense considered up there. I think so. I'm willing to at least be. I'm not going to close the door on this yet. I think it'd be really interesting to see what happens in Oakland, and uh, I'm curious what we. I'm going to come back over and say Baltimore is really good at the little things like special teams. The thing with the yeah, Browns, great kicker. The thing with the Browns, no, no, I'm trying to make a, a broader point. The thing with the Browns is that Hugh Jackson is still their coach. And Fair. so there are going to be like these small edges that they're just not going to get. All right, last question here. Does the Dolphins-Patriots game matter? I think it does. I think it matters less than people think, though. Yeah, okay, so why does it, why does it matter? What outcome makes it matter? I mean, I think if Miami blows out New England, then there is a legitimate concern about whether new england is a is the front runner in the afc's we actually have miami slight favorites after three weeks not not drastic even considering that they have a two-game lead um so i think that's the case i think if new england blows out miami it also matters because there is this burning question you've beaten tennessee you've beaten oakland and you've beaten um the jets like have you you know are you a formidable 3-0 team we know they went 3-0 in 2013 or 2012 and that didn't last because again schedule matters and so I do think at the extremes this game matters um I also think there's you know sort of one last thing if if the if Miami plays if New England plays well like plays as well as we think they do and Miami goes toe-to-toe with them win lose or draw I do think we we come out of the game thinking Miami is a legitimate team in in a weak AFC and an AFC where we were looking for who that fifth and sixth team would be. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, Miami blew out New England last year. At home in a Monday night, yeah. You know, so I I do think it it Yeah, I do think it matters a little bit. I mean here's the thing. The way that they lost in Detroit, it was it wasn't that worrisome. It to Interesting. me Interesting. Like was did Tom Brady look like Peyton Manning and 2015 no no right the reason that they got their butt kicked is that defensively they were a joke but i feel like they've been a defensive joke at the start of every season of every year they've taken the first x number of weeks every single year to figure out how to win with their defense yeah. and then it's an experiment for them i think i, I mean, think they, they literally just sat back and said hey detroit carry on my wayward son yeah we're not going to let you pass the ball and detroit said oh really well we're just going to sit in the pocket for six seconds and let your cornerbacks run into each other yeah i mean i think offensively there's a concern 
if if it's a different team, I think there's a concern with this idea that you drafted Sonny Michel. He does not look good at all. And they've given him carries. He's bad. And then everyone <laughs> else that they drafted is on the IR. Yeah. So I think when you get Edelman back, you get Gordon playing. There are some systematic issues with that offense that I think can be corrected, but they certainly showed up against the Lions. Cool. All right, Trend Zone is up next, and you have a wonderful trend that you pulled off for us. Yeah, so Ben Gessling, at Gessling Strib. The Vikings flew to L.A. on Tuesday after Mike Zimmer did a study on preparing for Thursday games. Quote, I know the statistics about going to the West Coast on a short week and all of that, unquote. Since 2006, teams from outside the Pacific time zone are 1-7 in in West Coast Thursday games. Are you rushing to the window to go to go LAR here? Yep, Rocket Mortgage app is open, and uh, I was approved. Yeah, I mean, it's we, amazing. I've done that like fourteen times. They're still approving me. Yeah. I, so <laughs> the funniest thing about this is, I actually remember one of these games. It was um, Minnesota went to uh, Arizona a week after losing thirty-eight to seven at home to Seattle, and actually, and the Vikings were injured. Like you know, they had like five starters out on defense. And the Cardinals that year went to the NFC Championship game, all this kind of stuff. And the, and the Vikings covered. They 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 lost by three. Um, so I wonder here, like, what the against the spread numbers are. But uh, but even then, it's still just eight games. Yeah, not a sample size. Uh, the against spread thing would be interesting. I mean, this uh, we'll talk about this game in a second. Yeah. I don't want to um, rush judgment. Good for Mike Zimmer. I'm glad that he's into the analytics. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, questions from the dark web. This is, of course, brought to us by Sampo Ranta. It's a sparkling water for men. Finally. Finally. It's about time. And uh, Sampo Ranta for this NFL season because they know how much men love sparkling water and football. They're coming out with a new flavor every week. The flavor this week is triggered turmeric with a drop of tweetable testosterone. This is the flavor that you need to accompany you as you punch into your little phone all of the anger that's pent up inside of you because it matters. Triggered turmeric. Triggered turmeric. Uh, it's it's really the best thing. So the idea here is that um, you know you're sitting on your couch, you get a little triggered. What do you need to accompany it? You need a little testosterone. You need to get those Twitter yeah. muscles going. So sample ranta. And, twi- and turmeric is a, a you know natural anti-inflammatory. Oh, really? I just thought it was an aphrodisiac. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, get Bevmo. Anywhere that uh, fine beverages are sold. I also want to take this time to talk about our sponsor, MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is the best place to get all of your investments in, whether you use Rocket Mortgage or just a normal way of funding them. Um, They offer all the bet types you could possibly want. They have in-game live betting, which is awesome. We both use it. We love it, obviously. And uh, if you use promo code PFF, you can get a dollar for dollar match on your first deposit. MyBookie.ag, get it. You play, you win, you get paid. The question this week is, going back to the Tampa Bay game, 4th and 10, 80 yards to go, 2-plus on the clock, and uh, they decided to punt. And the question is, well, was punting the correct call? So gut reaction when you saw that was what? I think I immediately tweeted and said no. And I think that I yeah obviously it ended up not you know the result wasn't good but let's 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 investigate the numbers my my gut result was no process again is always better than results <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I it, the win probability would agree right your win probability if you punt versus if you turn the ball over is a tenth of a percent you're you're toast whether you punt or you turn it over right. Yep. 
And I think that's the thing that that um, gets overlooked here is, well, if I punt, they have to travel so far, 60 yards. And it's like, okay, at that moment, you're down three points. The the points are not the issue here. It's the time. So if you give them the ball with 60 yards to go, all you've really done is is they only have to go 10 yards. Right. So if, if you turn the ball over right there, you still need a stop. Yeah. The, the benefit, though, is that if you get the stop, then, oh, they're going to kick the field goal. Oh, boo-hoo. Now, all mm. of a sudden, they're kicking the ball off, and you're returning it. And if you're not stupid, you get the ball at the 25. Yeah, it's not a huge a huge issue there. Um, and and the other thing to consider that our win probability obviously does is how good the offense is versus your defense. And, uh, well, the Pittsburgh offense is good, and the Tampa Bay defense is not. So... That, I think, only makes it more drastic. Well, and the Pittsburgh defense is not good, and the Tampa Bay offense is. So right. your likelihood of picking up a fourth down is also pretty strong. Uh, the issue... Well, th- strong relative to the rest of the league. Right. The issue that I have with this is how you end up in fourth and ten. You have to know in this situation that you're going for it. Yep. And that has to influence how you call plays. You have to make sure that you are in fourth and manageable because you know you have to go for it. Right? I think that's, that's where this is so interesting. Because it's like, all right, let's praise these coaches for going for it in these situations. But it's really about how do they prepare for those situations. If they know they're going to go for it, then they prepare for it by calling plays differently leading up to it. Um, what, al- what else is interesting about this is that if you use just expected points, all of a sudden it says, well, you should punt. right? Yeah, yeah. But taking into account game situation um, matters. Yeah, if you convert it, you'd have a 38% chance of winning. If you punt or you turn it over, 14%. I'm not good at math. Can you help me with that? I mean, you're, it, it's a, it's the same idea as like a blackjack hand where you're like, you know, the dealer's got an ace or a, or a face card and you're, you have like, you know, a 16. It's like you suck either way, right? right. So you might as well give yourself the small chance uh, to convert um, there. So, yeah, I mean, I think that was a decision that maybe was more borderline, but still one we would have taken. The decisions to kick field goals down 16, God help uh, the, like those ones were, and I think Cutter on you know a pro football talk, like I think two weeks ago or something, said, yeah, we know the analytics, but if I miss a fourth down, I'm going to get fired, and it's like, no, you're not. I'm like, well, you probably won't a and b if you don't go for it and your team like loses a game or two, you're it's the same fate, right? So I guess what's surprising to me is that. You're, if you're worried about getting fired, that means that you think that your owner is a moron. Yeah. So the guy that's made billions of dollars, essentially, in order to buy this team is such an idiot that they can't <laughs> figure out what the right decision is. And they're going to be swayed by these moron fans that are out there who can't add. And uh, that's that's why you're worried about Tampa. your job. You're okay to coach a football team with a thousand egos on it, but... No, I can't. Uh, I don't have the stones to actually go for this the, fourth down the, when math the, dictates it. The Buccaneers haven't had a playoff season since 2007. If you're going to take over that team oh, and play it safe, reason? well, no, I mean, I'm saying, like, right. that, like if you're going to take over what, the Patriots, let's say Josh McDaniels take over the Patriots this year, right after after Belichick mm-hmm. maybe retires, like that would be a situation where you're like, listen, I just have to lean into this and play safe for the next few years and let inertia work, right? You're coaching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have had two winning seasons and no playoff appearances since 2008. This is not the time to play it safe. No kidding. I mean, they're playing Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah, so yeah. clearly playing it safe uh, is not something that they're going to do. By the way, 
would you go to Fitzpatrick? Uh, sorry, stay with Fitzpatrick or go to Winston? Um, I. It's hard, but I I do favor I do favor Winston slightly. I think he's a he's you know he led the NFL last season in uh, positively graded throws percentage. He's younger. Um, we've we we have ageism. Uh oh. Yeah. Sorry. Can he get sued for that? I can't go to HR. Um, and and I also think that we just simply know more about Fitzpatrick. Like we know how the distribution goes, uh, and we also saw it. We saw the left tail in the first half of Monday night's game. I agree with all of those points. I am really not sold on Jameis Winston, the person, and I wonder if you abort that mission. The problem is I don't know what you could get for him in a trade at this well, point. Well, and the other pro- problem is you're two and one. You're facing the Bears. You're pretty much a live dog. You could be three and one. Your opportunity to get a high draft pick in the next draft yeah. is all. And didn't they trade up for Vita Vea? Or. I can't remember. I can't remember what their draft status is like, but in either event, can you imagine taking Vita Vea in the first? He hasn't round? played yet, and they, they're two and one. Can you imagine? Oh my God, what are the odds? So, like, I just I agree with you that that if you want to make a change at quarterback, you you're defensible here. Yeah. The issue is is are they going to be able? Are they going to be hamstrung because they're going to have the 14th pick and they have to move up to three to get Will Greer or whoever is the quarterback that you were at the time, yeah. Justin Herbert. It's rough. All right, let's. Uh, it's time for picks. It is time. College for picks. pick of the week. All right, we're gonna. We did a video on this, so you can go check it out. Uh, the college pick of the week. Last week, it's worth noting. So last week we had Oregon. They were a home dog. We talked about Justin Herbert. It's better than KJ Costello. The the Oregon defense isn't that bad. All of these things, like USC wasn't very good against Stanford, but their quarterback got hurt. All these things. Game's going beautifully. I'm sitting in my hotel room. I've got room service. I splurged on room service because I was like, this is – I'm just going to kick back and watch. I got – I had like 16 wings. I ordered the big thing of wings. I got some crab I cakes. I want wings? I was – I even ordered a glass of wine. Jeez. I was – and I kicked back and watched basically a horror film for the last, I don't know, hour of that game. And I normally – like I get they like – and hey – you know, we're three weeks into the season, so I'm not never going to get up or down about anything. But this game really took its toll on me. I was because I, I just remember like messaging you and be like, all those things that we said were true. And you were like, shut up. Because like you're I think I'm on stream. So I'm like half a minute behind you. And so it was literally the bad the call, pylon play. the pylon play and then the fumble yeah. touchdown on the next play. And all of a sudden we're in the meat grinder. And then, of course, like. As mo- even that, even mo- most good teams come back from this. Oregon's got the ball, brilliantly running out the clock with the Herbert like bootleg for a first down. Like it was so well constructed, and you don't take a knee- like, like we're every single American, red, blue, it wants you to take a knee here, right? And you can't, and you just you know you try to run out the clock, and the run- running back fumbles. I don't even think he was wearing gloves. It's 2018. Do you have a reason why? What? Why do you run a play there? Actually, I and so not to be Mister, I played the game. But no, no, when no. I was when I'm I was curious. in college, when I was in college, we we went into a season without a kneel down play in our playbook because our coach said it was a pansy way to run out a game, and we literally lost our first game because we couldn't kneel the ball down. And so the next week, like we ran a kneel down play out of eleven personnel, and I I because I was fed up with this nonsense stop practice and no this is how you have a kneel down play you put a receiver in the you know 15 yeah. yards back in case there's a fumble and like 
I, I do think some coaches, as we talked about yesterday with the why aren't you taking timeouts when yeah. the other team's driving on you, like football coaches are still like, I, this is how it feels. I don't care if it wins me more games, but it feels tough to do this stuff. And I do think not taking a knee is one yes. of those nonsensical, like, oh, you're, you should run a play because anybody should be able to hand the ball to the running back and not fumble. That's a fireable offense. I, so actually, let's talk about the timeout thing for a second. So this is really interesting. I, we were talking about why don't teams take timeouts on defense? Mm-hmm. It is so much smarter to take timeouts on defense because you are then, when you get the ball back, you're in control of the clock. Yes. When the other team has it, they're in control of the clock. And yep. and I was like, I just like don't understand if there is, what is the like f- football mentality reason behind it? And I thought what you said was great. Yeah, I mean, so, and like you said, your timeouts on, on defense are the only control over the game you have when yep. you don't have the football. So I think, like, and we talked about this, I think the reason that, so we were specifically thinking about, you know, New Orleans driving on Atlanta at the end of regulation. And I think the reason is, is you don't want to convey to your defense that you don't think they're going to get a stop, that you need some contingency plan. And as you said, like, I feel like we just don't trust NFL caliber football player. Like, if you're if you're on a defense that's given up 30 points in a game and a running back has 15 catches for 150 yards on you and the wide receivers 10 for 10 for 100 whatever Michael Thomas was like aren't you an adult enough to be like you know like we're we've leaned on our offense all game today if we can't get a stop here we'd rather our offense be able to go and win the game for us and I think that I think the coaches just don't want to like convey to their team that they don't have trust in them which the, the issue comes before that. So if you don't talk through strategy with your team and they're not prepared for yep. that, that's a huge failing on your part, right? We're going to spend hours and hours figuring out these second and long run blocking plays yeah. and schemes, but we don't have the time to actually talk about the parts in the game that win the game. And I, I can't stand that as a, as someone that taught, I mean, we both taught, yeah. right? Communication with the people that you're like in charge of leading yep. is crucial and being upfront with them. Yep. And I can't even believe you can't do that in, in the moment either. Well, so, so we, we have, we have, we have people who are mathematically inclined in our audience. It, it would be, and it is, it does actually happen, right? There are like four or five really main themes in, in any topic. Mm-hmm. And what the, what, the, what you're talking about is describing is people doing weeks and weeks and weeks of multiplication tables without right. really understanding what multiplication is, right? That that's yep. exactly. So as you said, I think just like, and and we saw it for example in the 2011 Super Bowl where the Patriots allowed Ahmad Bradshaw to score. Mm-hmm. You you know full well that the Patriots knew the whole team knew. Okay, you know the other team scoring in this play gives like they they know the process. Whereas I think other teams may just not know like that situational stuff. And and it does come up. And as you said, you know you can you can you know average four yards a play on outside zone on second and long all game and mess this up and lose. Next up, the Thursday night game, the Rams at home against your Vikings, currently seven point, um, seven point, six and a half. I think it's seven point. I think the Vikings are seven point dogs. So um, check out PFF Greenline, by the way. Uh, get yourself a PFF Elite subscription. That's where you can get all the picks. We're going to talk about probably five here. We're going to write up five um, in our column, and uh, you should check that out as well. Uh, but really, if you want the biggest advantage, you should get yourself a PFF Elite subscription. You should check these out at the beginning of the week. Get yourself as much line value as possible. So, we Greenline likes the Rams. I'm going to let people know that. Uh, 
Yeah, not technically a pick, but we do like them. I mean, they're, they're shading the Rams. They're shading the Rams, yeah, yeah. So we have it as a no pick, but they're shading the Rams. I, I don't know. I have, I go back and forth. I like watched every Rams and Vikings game from the season last night. And I, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. For me, it comes down to this. Jared Goff from a clean pocket with Sean McVay is pretty much unstoppable. And that offensive line has been remarkable. So I don't know if it really matters that they're missing their cornerbacks. Well, and you said, you know, you said something that I thought was great was Goff was cooking a five course meal in the pocket last week against a Chargers defense. Which would be impressive for him because he didn't even know where, which part of the universe the sun rose on. So. Yeah. So, so for example, you know, the the Vikings are missing their their best defensive end in Everson Griffin. Um, he's replaced with Stephen Weatherly, who's nowhere near as good. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. And and the other thing, and, and I think this is a classic example. We've talked about this in t- this the entire like off season. You know, you can mitigate pass rush by play action, by throwing the ball quickly, by having a good scheme. And, you know, I think Xavier Rhodes is a good cornerback, although he struggles with deep guys like Brandon Cooks. Mm -hmm. Trey Wayne's a little bit banged up. Um, Mackenzie Alexander is not a very good player, right? He's backed up by Mike Hughes, who's just a rookie. Um, I think on the back end, Harrison Smith's great, but Anderson Deho can be had. And their linebackers from Minnesota have not covered as well as they did last season. So, I think the Vikings defense is a little bit more vulnerable than we thought going into the season, certainly more vulnerable than they were last year when they beat the Rams 24-7 in a game. I think the Rams very much gave away more than the Vikings won. Cooper Cup fumbled at the goal line there yes. in a tie game. He dropped, a, I think, a corner route when he was wide open on a third down in Vikings territory that would have uh, you know, done uh, some damage there. Um, I think the Rams are better at special teams, right? They are one of those teams that takes that into consideration. They have a, you know, Sam Fickens, you know, replacing Zerline who's hurt, but their punter is terrific. Their return men are generally terrific. The Vikings have lost the game or tied a game this year because they couldn't, you know, they had a punt blocked and they couldn't make any field goals. They've been pretty poor there. Um, Here's here's the thing. So I I think the Rams, I think I I have no issue with the Rams being a seven-point favorite is what I'm saying. Good. Glad you got there. Uh. (laughs) I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shortcut here. So me, that was a meandering garden path through the entirety of of football. I just don't think Kirk Cousins has played very well. And and here's I so he flaming threw, hot take. He threw uh, he threw a couple passes to the Niners. Jimmy G had a bunch of touchdowns dropped in that game. Um, that one easily goes the other way. The Green Bay game. I don't know. I rewatched that game again. People were praising Cousins left and right about that comeback. The dude threw three straight passes to the the Packers. One of them got called back for the worst penalty I've seen in a while. Although apparently, it by the letter of the law, it's it's correct. That should have been a penalty. It's just horrible. So he throws that pick. He then throws two straight directly at Packers. They drop him. He should not have led that comeback. They should have lost that game, even though they, they should have lost it by two scores, given that the Packers got that punt block touchdown. The the Packers had a worse call not get called on Rodgers. They had uh, Devontae Adams catch a touchdown that was ruled incomplete. Um, I, I don't think Cousins has played well. And the thing with here's the thing with Cousins. He's kind of like Goff. 
You had Sean McVay as a coordinator. He was great. Yeah. You sit him back there behind a great O-line. He picks him apart. Awesome. I think he's going to be under more pressure than Jared Goff is going to be, and I think that's <laughs> very bad. I don't think that's even a, like a question, right? Because yeah, if you look but, at but that's huge. Right, like, right, right. Kirk Cousins is just going to sit there flinging the ball at the Rams players. So you, you look at the Vikings' well. offensive line. Riley Reef's their best player on the offensive line. He yep. is an average left tackle on a good day. Uh, Pat Affleck comes back. He hasn't started a game since last year. Mm-hmm. Mike Remmers allowed like 10 pressures on the interior. He's now going up against Ndamukong and Sue, Aaron Donald, and Michael Brockers tonight. Good. And Rashad Hill's their right tackle, who could be their left tackle if, if Reef doesn't come back from his injury this week. Uh, Thielen and Diggs are a thing, but they were a thing last week, and Buffalo shut them down uh, with their zone scheme and something that was in, something that gave up 47 points to Baltimore in week one was able to shut down Thielen and Diggs last week. I, I mean, it, they just. They just got so much pressure because that offensive and, line. And Kirk was just doesn't feel it, man. He, just he doesn't wasn't. Feel that's it. not unlike Keenum. That's the thing we always talked about. It was like Keenum's specialty, and it's like the biggest thing that Cousins. The last, do. the last hottest take I'm going to have about this game. I think Dalvin Cook plays. I think it entices the Vikings to be inefficient on offense. Ooh. It's going to put them in, in long yarded situations. You like the under? I, 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 our model likes the under. That's a rough one, though. Uh, okay, next game you want to talk about. Let's let's kind of run through these quickly. Um, next game you want to talk about. Let's let's, yeah. do, let's do five quick quick hitters. Yeah, let's talk about Tampa Bay at Chicago. Okay, um, Mitchell Trubisky is not good. He has not been. No. Uh, green line at the moment favors the beard, uh, and I I kind of like it. Yeah, Trubisky so far this season on his dropbacks, the Bears have got, have given up a fifth of an expected point. Um, that's against such you know brilliant defenses as Green Bay, Arizona, and Seattle. Um, he has only had a positively graded dropback thirteen percent of the time, whereas twenty five twenty point five percent of the time they've been negatively graded. He has twice as many turnover worthy plays as big time throws. All of this despite having a pretty good offensive line, having all the options handed to him this offseason, and having a, a running game that is supposed to make things easier on the quarterback. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list off some names here. Tyrod Taylor, Mitchell Trubisky, Sam Bradford, Blaine Gabbert. Those are the four quarterbacks who have thrown the highest rate of uncatchable throws this season. Yeah, I mean... I don't, so- I don't know if there's a, a better way... I mean, it's just it's almost uh, sad because the Bears have leveraged their future on Mitchell Trubisky, right? They've they have traded, no way out. They've traded both their first-round picks to get Khalil Mack. And aside here, it's absolutely hilarious to watch Raiders fans lose their mind as their team is marginally, not even worse. Their team is the same as it was last year. They just aren't getting pressure, and they act like it is the end of the world. The Raiders are the perfect tank job, right? So we, one of our colleagues, yeah, okay. lost. We, we need to not talk about yeah. the Raiders, but they're they're being competitive okay. and losing. So Tampa Bay is uh, getting three points. The 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 Bucks are a better team than the Bears. Yes or no? Yep. Okay, so they shouldn't be getting three points uh, on the road. It should be less than that. Tampa Bay, I think, is a solid. A solid pick here. All right, next game I want to go to. Um, let's talk about Houston Indy real quick. So Houston, um, they're bad. Indy, maybe they're bad. Maybe they're not. But are they as bad as the Texans? No. Okay. So so so, so if they're not, if they're not, then shouldn't they be getting three points at home or more? Giving three points at yeah. home. 
So, so the thing, the thing that we've and we uh, we've talked about this, I think, a few times. But the fact is, is that Houston Texans struggle covering people. They, they do. A, they have a great defensive line. They have they have yeah I think halfway decent you know uh, interior like Matthews good Colvin's good but they simply can't cover people on the outside that was a thing before the season that's why we were on their under that's why we've literally picked them every single week against them against the spread and and it's bared bared out right so against in a, against a clean pocketed quarterback they have given up the second highest passer rating this year and the quarterbacks that they faced are Tom Brady like rusty sort of uninterested Don't make in week excuses. one okay they faced Tom Brady. Blaine Gabbert and Eli Manning. There you go. The last two <laughs> are the kickers there. Eli Manning looked 15 years younger against yeah, the Texans. Exactly. They're blitzing at the fifth, fourth, fifth highest rate, one of the two, um, in the league and getting pressure at the second lowest rate. That is a really bad combination. So, so we're going to get to see if Andrew Luck is going to be a player that's going to become the Andrew Luck that we've wanted him to be yeah. all year. Yeah. I don't hate uh, the Colts, and I don't hate the over here either. Yep. All right. Next game you want to go to? Uh, let's look at Jacksonville at home giving away seven and a half points to the New York Yets, the rested Yets. Uh, I don't think the Jets defense is that bad. Do you? No, I mean, I think that, that, you know, they had a perfect game plan against Tyra Taylor and I think Mm -hmm. they were caught off guard by, uh, you know, by Mayfield coming in. That being said, you know the over under for this game is about thirty eight and a half. We have it at thirty eight, which is yeah. pretty hilarious. Um, I think when you look at the Jaguars, they were a team last season that played games like they played against the Titans, where it was just a, a clown show. And then, but when they got ahead of teams, they covered right. And so, you know, I think in the, this is a game where I think the Jaguars can get ahead, and then the game flow is such that you know Blake Bortles can. Uh, do what he did against New England as opposed to struggle like he did against Tennessee. I think that's a great argument. I would be very worried if Sam Darnold had to uh, lead them <laughs> lead them back yeah. as we saw against the vaunted Cleveland Browns. Let's talk about Cleveland-Oakland here for a second because the line has moved to three now. The Raiders minus three. Um, you know, basically saying these two teams are even. Yep. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of interesting. The reason I want to talk about this game is because right now the total's at 45. And it, uh, I'm always looking for an opportunity to take the over. Well, and not to like, yeah. So our early early week picks thus far have gone eight and one on the YouTube, right? So mm-hmm. you can go back and look at those. And this was one that we immediately identified early in the week as a potential pick. This yep. this over here. Now, what we haven't seen is we haven't seen the market budge much, so it's still 45. Um, Love it. But we like the over here. If you look at the Raiders. Every single week, they've been competitive in the first half, like leading the team that they're play- facing, whether that be Denver, whether that be uh, Miami last week, and then and Los Angeles Rams in week one, and then they've gotten caught from behind. If, we, if that's the way that this game plays out, this game sails over because Oakland's ahead by 14 in the first half, and then we let Baker Mayfield, uh, the PFF, you know, number one on PFF's draft board last Oakland's year. Oakland scoring 14 points in the first half, that, uh, that would be great. Yeah, that'd be impressive for that. Yeah, and, and you know, unlike our pick, which was the over in the Buffalo Minnesota game, I think if the if the weaker team gets <laughs> gets ahead, luck. holy, I think God. I think a team like the Browns will come back. Oakland's defense has, I think, the the worst pressure rate in the league. I want to say at least yeah. bottom five, they and then are, they're cov- they are by far the worst, and they're, they're co- even worse than Houston. And their coverage and their coverage looked really suspect against a team like the uh the Miami Dolphins who have speed and Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, those yeah. kind of guys. The Browns have that in Antonio Callaway. Uh and so I, I I just like I like the over here. We don't really like a side. Um so 
All right, rapid fire here. Uh, Philly, Tennessee. Philly is a three-point favorite on the road. Thoughts? Uh, I mean, I like Philly here. I think it matches up really well. I think Philly's going to four-point favorite. Four-point favorite. I still like Philly. So I think Philly. I think nope, Philly gets it together. Quick, here. There's a quick hitter. Uh, I agree. Um, let's see. We talked about that one. Okay, last one. We'll close out here. Cincy going into Atlanta. I would have thought that this would have been like a four point spread it is a five point spread uh do you think the falcons cover yeah yeah i do too all right uh we're gonna close it out there if you want all of the picks you can check out pff green line you can get it getting a pff elite subscription as usual check us out our column on profootballfocus.com best of luck this week oh make sure that you bet against something that sucks hopefully we'll get back off the schneid and we can donate some more because you know what cancer you can bleep that out if you want. See you guys. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.